0: enthusiasm behind it, right? the the normalizing of it, okay, you did this. Let's dig into it. Let's dig into it. Let's dig into the why. And so that's what excited curiosity is.
1: Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. So hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Through Grief podcast. You're listening to Diana Curtis and I am your host today. So thank you to every one of you who come back every week to listen, to learn and grow on purpose with me. Today, we have something fun and exciting, very different from the norm. I have invited one of my besties to come on with me to So to give you a peek into my life and answer some of the questions that I get asked when I'm out in the world, and we're going to have a little fun with this, and I can't think of anyone that I trust to ask me these questions than Rosie. Rosie has been like a service partner with me for some time now. We've gone through a lot. We've had a lot of fun and she's so safe to be with. So I'm excited that she said yes to me asking her to actually interview me and let you know a little bit more about who I am. So welcome, Rosie.
0: Thanks, Diana. Thank you. I am Really excited to be here. I'll I'll try to curb my enthusiasm, <laughs> as I know we'll be touching on right um, very serious topics. But thank you. I'm I'm honored. Yeah, thank you for saying yes. And I would like
1: to, before I totally hand you the microphone, if you're okay to share a little bit about because Rosie is the founder of Excited Curiosity. And when you say excited curiosity, I know everybody ears have peeked open a little bit, right? They're like, what does that
0: mean? So Rosie, tell us what that means. Yeah, excited curiosity is um, actually the birth child of my husband um, and mine. And we years ago, I want to say probably about eight years ago, we were talking about uh, creating Something, a platform, an app, some place where people could go and ask any question that they'd like, be it about their own sexuality, be it about something, you know, horrible that they might have done, right? Broken the law, something they might have done to somebody else, um, any guilt, shame they might feel, normalizing any feelings that they have, just really being a, a place and a space for people to come in and and bring in that shame and we normalize it so whatever it is and it it can be a sexual act that's done on a child right that that person in in my opinion husband's opinion as well is that there's a child underneath right that that what we would call a predator as well so it would be a space for them as well as equal you know as as a space for that child so and being curious like really curious behind why it is we do the things that we do, why they did whatever they did, and, and um, the excited comes in. That's the enthusiasm behind it, right? The the normalizing of it. Okay, you did this, so let let's let's dig into it. Let's dig into it. Let's dig into the why. And so that's what excited curiosity is. It's a place and space for for us to normalize what is an otherwise uh taboo topic which often you know for folks might lead to suicide ideations and those are welcome in this space as well and so yeah that's that's what excited curiosity is
1: nice i like that so what i heard you say is there is a space for everybody everybody yes yeah that's nice so we'll have to talk a little bit more about that sometime later because i know the listeners are probably wanting to know more so thank you for giving the listeners just a little bit of glimpse of what that is and maybe we'll jump on the microphone sometime later and talk more about that as well so with that, I'm going to pass
0: the microphone to you and just allow you to ask me anything you would like to. Thank you. And again, I'm I'm just so honored and I have many, many questions. And so I'll try to go in, in a certain semblance of order. And I, you know, we can start off with just how we met, if that's okay to share how we met. My recollection. Um is that we formally met through the CI compassionate inquiry process. Um <clears throat> back in September of uh 2021. But I know we go back further and and you remind me of that with uh another mentor that we share, uh, Mama Mama Ian aunt, Yeah, and and being in in various programs with with um with her, and I know our paths didn't cross back then, but we have the same sort of spiritual spiritual teacher mentor. And um, for some reason, it led us both to our, our new mentor, Gabor Mate, right? And this this whole CI process, and and yeah, and and meeting you uh, in the in the BIPOC, the first BIPOC black indigenous people of color um cohort for compassionate inquiry and you were in it and then lo and behold you and i had the same interest in not only wanted to wanting to complete the certification but then moving on right into the mentorship program moving on to volunteer moving on to uh to be a um what is it called the not the apprentice but whatever whatever that is but it's similar to uh, the intern and uh and yeah and so i've loved our path together and we've even gone on um your brain child of forming a focus group and and you know launching that formally a month ago and so yeah there's been a lot there has been a lot that we've been up to yeah in the last 2 years
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to hear you reflected back to me because now that I'm listening to you, it's clear that we sort of, once we met each other, it's like we're kind of glued at the hip (laughs) and we are holding each other's hands and walking each other through whatever journey, whatever shows up, whatever comes up, and it's happening without any planning, the focus group, the mentorship, the internship. And now we are doing this episode together to talk about BIPOC. So let me step back out of the
0: host and give it back to you. (laughs) Thank you. So yes, if you're ready. um, Yeah, I'd like to start just, if you could share, and again, this is, we're doing this so that people can get a preview into, into you and, and what questions are asked of you when you're out and about, because you've been pretty much a public figure now for for quite some time. And so if you could um, just to set things off, if you could describe like just in a few words, who, who you are today, like as a person, and then as a contributor, because, and I know you as both, um, but I'd love to hear in your own words. Yeah, this is the first time
1: anyone has referenced me as a public figure. So, and it resonated with me when you said that, because today the person you see on the screen, the person you're talking to is quite different from the person Um, decades ago, even 10 years ago. So public figure, let me take that one in a little bit. (laughs) So, you know, Rosie, I like numbers, I like letters, um, I like acronyms. So I'm going to describe myself today using, let's say, five C's, right? So, of course, the very first one for me is compassion. I feel it within my bones <laughs> that there is so much compassion in my psychic around all people, for all people. I mean, all people, especially the ones that most consider less than. Very compassionate about that. Can't have those conversations around me. That's just, no, that's not the space I invite in, nor will I accept that. And the other C for me is courage. It takes a lot of boldness and courage to talk about the things that you and I talk about. It takes a lot of courage to be maybe the outlier within our families, the things that we, I do, versus others are not interested in. And in that space, sometimes there might be feelings of isolation and aloneness because the the connection is, is just different. Not better than, just different. So compassion, courageous, and curiosity. Today, I am very curious about things even decades ago. I've always been a seeker, but I didn't call it curiosity. I always knew there was something more. There was something more for me to do, something more for me to be. It was just more, more, more. And and I wanted it. I wanted it. (laughs) And the other C is, I would say, connection to myself. Today, I also go inward and I internalize, but I process. Decades before I internalized, I stuffed. Today I'm very different. I'm always clearing out, taking responsibility for how I show up in the world and just process what needs to be processed. And the last C is clarity. That one for me is all about purpose. So that would be how I serve the world. Today I'm very clear about my purpose. I'm very clear that what I do today around grief-informed approaches, trauma-informed approaches, coaching, I am so clear that that's who I am. That's what I was made to do. I was created to do this. It's my happy place. And I enjoy doing it. So those are my five
0: C's. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, it wouldn't be you if you didn't put it in a format like that. <laughs> because that's just how your brain works. And I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll I'll recap. So it's compassion and then, after compa- compassion came courage, and then after that, the curiosity, and then the fourth C was connection, community, connection, and then the fifth one, clarity. And just thinking about those and in that order as well is is it's it's it's. It, and that's I, I think that you know we we could definitely focus on that you know, at another time and just how profound those five are and how they came about and how you came about forming, leading them as a part of your journey, because I did want to ask, you know, what is the difference, you know, who is Diana today as opposed to, right, 10 years ago, and you sort of shared that within this story, but obviously there's so much more and I think that a lot to learn from there, but um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. and if we can go on to the next question and so in thinking about those those five c's is so thinking let's say just a decade ago which wasn't that long ago right like so what shifted in you what shifted in you because you also said like with the clarity like now you do things sort of intentionally right and and as you were speaking it it reminded me of even our journey together Right? It has been. Everything it has been organic. We're not trying to do anything. It's just things are just unfolding for us. Right? And so, yeah, what what happened? Do do you recall a shift? Oprah calls it the aha moment. Do you? I do recall the
1: shift. Thank you for that question. It was, well, I won't give specifics because I start giving out a lot of stuff. (laughs) But anyway, it was at the point of retirement from public health agency where I had worked for a long, long time for decades. And I knew retirement would not be retirement in the traditional sense for me. And I remember leaving, signing the paperwork, walking out of personnel, and I remember getting in my car and there was this blood of tears. And it was tears, I'm almost wanting to do that now. <laughs> it was tears of knowing that I was not coming back, I'm not turning back, I'm going forward. But it was also tears around What does that look like for me? Because again, I knew there was so much more. I still felt very vibrant and youthful and not going home to sit or even just travel the world. I love traveling, but there was so much purpose inside of me. And I had spent some time around that, but I didn't have the clarity. So that's when I realized In order to get the clarity, in order to get to the core essence of who I am, my purpose, I had to do some work. So I started my work. I start, when I say work, my healing process, and that's the mama ear. Uh, Iyanla Van Zandt, and in that process, there was so much uncovering and delayering, layering and the more I uncovered, the more I de the more I blossom like a flower, like a rose. <laughs> it was so, so beautiful. And that process hasn't stopped for me because the decades ago, I was a little more quiet. Um, a little more reserve, mistrusting of people. Yeah. Guarded. But once I started the process, everything changed for me. Everything changed for me.
0: Wow. <laughs> Yeah, just just pause for a second there. And I just if it's okay, I want to reflect something back to you that you said, and I don't know if you realize you did. But you said as you're talking about which is leads up to my next question about this transformation that you've had in your life that you said, you began to blossom like a rose, and it was beautiful. You said that about yourself.
1: Yes, I had always. Been an intellectual person. So I rose to the top of the ladder on the job. According to the world, had it all together, the material stuff, the cars, the homes, clothes, the six figures even. Right. It was all intellectual. I enjoyed doing it because I'm all about public health and people's health, but it was not touching the core. When I began to really tap into my God-given purpose, my heart-driven purpose, everything changed. Even the curiosity, even the, the challenges, as opposed to looking at them as problems, And nobody wants the problems. But I began to explore more deeply around those issues and seeing them as gifts and treasures and lessons for me to unfold. So yeah, I began to blossom like a flower.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah so for everyone listening yeah just take that in i i don't know how often we hear um yeah we hear you know our sisters our brothers you know just humanity expressing that way about themselves and so this is truly a moment of where that it happened organically and you absolutely know that about yourself you know it's it's a it's a the way you stated it. it was more like a knowing versus a belief right and and that was just so powerful so thank you for allowing me to highlight to highlight that and you touched on as you were um taking us through sort of that transformation and i know you could write a book about it right and we in this short time but you know what comes to mind because you mentioned public health and you know and that you know you you climb the ladder and what comes to mind to me is like you know just the you know, an inherent struggle with that. And was that, right, a struggle? And not only that part of your life, but then also, right, the new part, the the transformation and learning about self. And so I guess, you know, if you have any truths, you know, that, that spur on the top of your head that you actually learned or had to learn, maybe some you resisted, Truths
1: as it relates to why I was in the workforce. Is that the truth you're
0: looking for? Or yeah, truths about yourself. So you said you climbed up the ladder. So it was like the why. Why did I do that? For me, obviously, uh all roads lead back to the um, you know, the the BIPOC right trauma, the BIPOC expectations that we do 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 because not only can we but we must prove right and i'm just curious about that if that at all was something that you even were aware of when you were going through it or
1: i i think the response to that would be i was totally unconscious of the need to do everything perfectly. I had to get it right, so that meant that on the job my performance was way up there. (laughs) Promotions came without question. And as I think back on that, I don't remember any high stress around it. I do remember working with supervisors who really had my back. And we complimented each other. I recall a supervisor telling me that we were such a great match because he was high energy. He was all over the place. I was very calm. Get it done. You know that for me. And this is my last job. I'm the deputy director. He's a director. People would rather come to me because he was too high energy. But what that meant is a lot of the work and the stress was on me. Yeah? Yeah. So yes, parts of my need to get it done perfectly and underneath that, I'm I'm going to use a Bible term. I'm delivered from that. <laughs> I am healed from that. Uh, I still have my moments. But underneath the need to get it right, do it perfectly is the core belief of not good enough. Mm, not good enough. Yeah totally unconscious of that. Didn't have the tools, the information, the support to even realize what was going on. But that was part of my journey. It was part of my journey. So hopefully, did that answer the question?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You knowing me, it brought up a lot more so for another time. Yeah, to, to, to take a deep dive in into that core belief that while you were um, achieving succeeding and and the go to person being essentially unaware of the core belief that you had that you weren't good enough. I was going to ask if, if that if that's what you learned now, so after like post retirement, time, is that what you learned? So if I were to ask what you know now versus right, a decade ago or however long that was ago, is is that what you had to learn?
1: I believe so. And I must also add that coming from what some might consider And I use this word kind of lightly for me. Some would consider poverty, uh, meaning it wasn't the nice house, the nice cars, but I was always fed, clothed, (laughs) clean. So I shared that because it helped that this job, my career paid well. So I took the first government job that paid me well so that I could provide for my family. And I did a great job at it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it wasn't touching the core. It wasn't touching my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to answer your question, yes, I think for sure that was the path for me. While on this path, I'm already starting to transform my life, right? Um, And I'm placing a lot of focus on my spiritual body, on my spiritual self. Didn't quite know what it was at the time, but I, I just always, as I said earlier, been a seeker. There's more, there's more, and I want it. And it wasn't like the material stuff I was going for. It was the heart stuff. And I've continued to be obsessed with my spiritual growth because that too is my happy place. That's where I'm light. I decided to wear pink for this because (laughs) I just felt the love today. I'm like, okay, pink blouse so that I can move into a space of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. That
0: was the path for me. that's beautiful thank you for sharing that and and so emphatically right that's your that's your truth and it, what what would you say as as far as truth goes um which one sort of took you the longest right to uncover to learn because the one about that limiting belief that not good enough that that's a that's a tough one, but I don't know if there was one that actually took you the longest sort of to, to uncover and then to just integrate mm-hmm. and learn. And Yes.
1: Um, the thing that took me the longest to learn, I think it was based on my culture and the way death was handled back then. Um. My greatest trauma was losing my mom at the age of three. And there was no conversations, no blame or shame here, no conversations, you know, whatever we need when a child loses a parent. So I grew up the same way, no conversations, but there came a point that I knew there was something going on inside of me and I didn't know what it was. And the thing that took me the longest to learn is I needed to grieve my mother. I needed to grieve the fact that as a little girl, I didn't have the opportunity to be nurtured, to be seen, to be heard and cared for with the love that only a mother can give. Now, some might disagree with me on that. I'm sharing my story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, as I receive that and, and the listeners receive it, they don't know. And, and you're right, some might disagree with that, but it's your story. I certainly do not. disagree with that and there's even so much more to that as well right what you just shared you know just losing your mother at three and yeah the generational thing of nobody talking nobody talking about it right and and that you shared that uh, it's something you had to do for yourself because there was this knowing within that yeah I have to do this I have to do this and yeah yeah that's
1: yeah, yeah and it all profound. It, it was all playing out, you know, being a little quiet, being introverted. um That unconscious belief of not good enough. That's might be the expectation of a child <laughs> who didn't have yeah. her parents.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all unfolded
0: so beautifully. I can, say yeah. I can say that. I can say that yeah and you're still on your journey right and and yeah and there's just there's just so much more right to share uh and and I love that I love that you're doing that and the work that you're doing because the more right the more we open ourselves up you know the more right you it, I don't know. There's just so much to share with others. And it brings me back to excited curiosity of, yeah, let's have that conversation. Let's talk. Let's talk. And it sounds like you, you did that. And another powerful thing that I just want to mirror back to you. And again, we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours and, and maybe next time, but I just want to reflect that, that back to you that you, there was a knowingness in you. There was that knowing, right? That, that something, right? it the shift something needed to happen for you to address that part that you were three you lost your mom and it wasn't addressed you know and just that you it it was in you it it wasn't it was always there right and you attended to it and you resourced yourself and i think it might be a lifelong journey i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but yeah you're there you're there
1: yeah yeah Mm i yeah it is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. Even decades later, I I still have these moments of, you know, the wishing and the desiring is where the grief comes in. We grieve what we can't have, or what we have lost, right?
0: That's where it comes in. Yeah. share
1: one other thing about the grief and you asking the question about this lifelong journey. Um, I think you, you may or may not have asked me what do I know now that I didn't know decades ago. You probably asked me that. And I didn't answer. So let me share this, Uh, this one thing that keeps popping up in my mind. And I guess I knew this one, but there wasn't a deep uh, awareness around it. It was not at the top of my mind, right? But you and I know this now because of where we are now, but we are all wounded, right, in some way. And those wounds live in our body. We carry that trauma in our body without even realizing or acknowledging of being aware of that. So I had to get some, I'll call it tender wisdom. I had to be vulnerable and profoundly honest with my process. Now we're talking about somebody who, you know, very strong and got the strength to do whatever, but I had to show up in my process I had to step into my healing and understand and because I was part of this public health agency science is big for me spirituality to me is bigger right so there's science and spiritual truths around hurt that causes trauma and again that was my biggest one And I was walking around with that trauma, with that wound in my body. Yeah. Stuffing without releasing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stuffing without releasing. Stuffing, (laughs) stuffing. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. Um, Mm -hmm. We are at the end of an episode. And as you said, there's so, so much more that we can talk about. And I'm going to ask you, are you open to another conversation where I'm willing to go even deeper Mm -hmm. and talk about some of that wounding and some of that trauma that was stuck in my body? And yeah, you,
0: you, you, are you in <laughs> yes yes of course you know i'm always curious and want to you know just dig a little deeper <laughs> so yes please if we can continue this okay yeah
1: so thank you thank you thank you so much and thank you to the listeners um you heard it here we're not done yet we're coming back for another episode and You will get some more. If you didn't get any surprises in this episode, wait until the second one. See you soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart. So that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.